The NBA insults the Brooklyn Nets with a back-to-back in Denver taking on the Nuggets. Too many excuses to list right now as we tap into a Nets loss coming up next. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ah, yes, my friends, it is the Locked On Nets podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team, the Brooklyn Nets. Every single day over there, you'll find Doug Norty. I'm Adam Armbrecht. We thank you, as always, for making us your first listen of the day. We are 100% free on all those great platforms. And let you know, today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash NBA and use promo code, all lowercase, NBA for a first deposit match of up to one hundred dollars and doug it must have been the altitude i think this sickness probably got the best of the brooklyn nets on this one oh yeah look we talked about this going into the game on the preview and kind of coming out of the suns game that there's sometimes on the schedule you get what are called schedule losses it's a nice way to feel better as a fan uh, at times <laughs> and there's just a reality to it as well right it's it's it, there's a lot of things stacked against you right like there's you have to travel on a back-to-back which the nets had to do going from phoenix to denver denver is already a tough place to play even when you have been able to get acclimated and hung around in the altitude for a while uh, and so coming in there with no time to acclimate on the back-to-back in a hard-fought game against Phoenix, that's going to be tough no matter what Denver looks like as a team. And then you yeah. get Denver. <laughs> who are the, then you the, get you know, Denver that looks like this team. <laughs> who are the are the basically, you know, no KCP, but otherwise full version of themselves that essentially won the championship last year with the best player in basketball. And you just start stacking up these different things. And again, it's not an excuse-making time. It's just reality. The reality is this was going to be an incredibly heavy lift. And once you factor in all that stuff, it's hard to be too disappointed with the understanding that the Nets need to win every single game you know, to really give themselves any kind of chance this year. So any loss is a loss. But there was just a, there was just a ton of stuff stacked against them for this one. Yeah, 124-101 is the final here. It's the Nuggets going away, obviously. And there's some things just from a shooting perspective that (laughs) if you needed some luck, the Nets did not get any of that early in this one. But but let's start with the main problem here, right? When you go and face the Joker, when you face Jokic, I I just, because there's a couple of things that bother me. There's some changes that you're going to cover as far as what the Nets tried to do in this one. What you can't do when you're playing Nikola Jokic is say, you know what we like? is giving you easy access into the lane. And then it's kind of your choice. You want to drop off the pass. You want to find somebody in the corner. You want to take your own look. It, I, I will say, after all those things that we listed, and tongue-in-cheek at the top about altitude and everything else, though they are factors, you just you got to come in with a more aggressive game plan to say you are not going to have the ability, time, and consistent opportunities to dictate tempo, right? The Nets just felt very too much like they were going into a game of, hey, we're basically on the same level here. We have all the same players and same skill sets. Let's see who comes out on top. You need to be a little bit more disruptive with that, and I thought Joker just looked like he was very comfortable early in this one. 
it looked incredibly easy. It often looks very easy for him in a way that's sometimes disturbing. When you watch it and you're like, it looks so easy. It looks so effortless. It looks like he's putting almost no effort into it. Everything's kind of, I don't right. know, take this with the way it's intended. Everything looks soft. And I don't mean soft bad. I just mean kind of like it just doesn't look hard, right? Like it just it doesn't, doesn't look, look taxing. Like, it doesn't look like you have to look taxing. To do and it. even yeah. the shot, like if you, if you watch the shots go up, they just go up in such a soft way, but then they all go in, yeah. <laughs> right? Like they'll bounce on the rim a few times and then they're going in. I think what happened with the Nets here in this game was they made a functional choice early, which is you really can't cover him. So what do we not, what, what are we okay with happening? And what are we okay with not happening? What they, I think they did not want to happen was, like for instance, trying to double team him high because what happens yeah, yeah. there? Well, you get back cut, you get back cut, and it's just a total layup line, right? The second you bring help uh, to defend him, that the other guys, the other guy, they, these guys are all awesome at it. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, Jamal Murray, and between the pick and roll with Jamal Murray, and then just guys, these guys cutting. If you bring help, he's just going to find it, and they're going to run to the basket. So I think what they were saying to themselves was, we're not going to allow that part. If you want to get closer to the basket and get a, a, a more contested shot in like the like sort of like the Jokic mid range, we'll be okay with that. But we're gonna and if you're gonna get some threes, we're okay with that also, Jokic or the other or the other um, shooters. But what we're not gonna do is just have this thing spread all the way out and have everyone running free to the basket. I yeah. think that's kind of what their plan was, and it and it makes sense too when you look at some of the rotations that the Jacques Vaughn ran out, which were much different in this game than they have been in others. I think that's 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 to me what I thought was the like seemed to me the plan. And again, it's not like there's any right way to do this. It's all hard. He's awesome. He's really kind of undefendable in a lot of ways. And when you surround them with this kind of talent, it gets incredibly difficult. So I know what you're saying. It looks super easy, but I think it was a I think it was a function of the process. And I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying that like that's I think what the plan was. No, because when you look, and we said this in the game preview, Joker's been lower in his three-point shooting this season. I mean, there were moments in this game when he was out there at the top of the arc. And, and to your point, the Nets made an active choice. They said, take him if you want him. And almost to Joker's credit, like, you know, Jokic didn't take him. He only took two attempts from beyond the arc. So, again, the patience that he shows here, this is really, it's about complimenting how good that he is, right? Goes for a triple-double, 15, 10, and 26 in this one. That seemed to get there very casually. And <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. in, like no, in no minutes, by the way. I, like, he was at a triple-double at, I think, like the 27-minute mark for himself or 26-minute mark. I, it was a triple-double with complete and utter ease. If it had stayed close, we're talking, he would have been in the, in the 2020 range, a 30 20 range easily. And by the way, he played 30 minutes, just to your point, total in this game. He led the starters in minutes because that this one got out of the way, out of control, excuse me, in the second half, got away from the Nets a little bit, obviously, as well. So, I mean, yeah, it, it's not, again, this isn't what a terrible coaching decision. You didn't stop Nikola Jokic, right? Like, it's more that these ga games like these on back to backs, again, no excuses when you're feeling tired and you need some things to go your way. Everything from basically jump in this game, you felt like, well, that didn't go our way. Well, that's not a lucky break. Okay, yeah. this is going to be a problem. And that was really the theme of this game. So as we start to work our way through it, we will talk about, I'll just say, the very unlucky nature of a lot of the Nets yeah. shots early in this one and the things that did not go their way along with some other adjustments rotation-wise that Doug mentioned from Jock Vaughn. We'll get into all that coming up here in just one second.
All right, before we get to that, we'll tell you about our friends over at Dave. Look, uh, there's going to be times in your life where you just need a little financial help. Um, this is why Dave is great. Dave can help you get cash when you need a hand between paychecks. If you're trying to build credit um, by settling extra cash advances on time, uh, it can be super useful. Like things that come up in your life, parking tickets, maybe the unexpected doctor bill, that car service light goes on. That can be just a total gut punch. Thankfully, Dave is here to help with the extra cash. Dave is the banking app that's leveling the financial playing field. When you download Dave, you can get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fees. It's part of Dave's extra cash account advance, the money you need with no interest. And then you just settle up later. Download Dave today at dave.com slash locked on MBA. That's dave.com slash locked on MBA. Get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fees. Download the Dave app now or go to dave.com slash locked on MBA. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal eligibility criteria and instant transfer fees apply. Banking services provided by Evolve, member FDIC. All right, so as we continue, the 124-101 postgame loss for the Brooklyn Nets. A reminder here that not all games are created equal and not all point differentials feel created equal because the Nets were down seven after the first. And then they're down an additional six after the second. So they're down 13 points of the break. And I, I, I said this, I said this at the time might as well have been 30 because it just did not feel like, and this is unrelated to anything. Every shot, open shots, bunny looks at one point, the nets missed point blank uncontested. And by the way, the Denver Nuggets also do a great job of being around their old friend, Deandre Jordan, bit of a bit of an annoyance for the Brooklyn Nets last night. But even the point blank got the extra rebounds, got second chance opportunities. It was like you could have four looks on a possession and none of them were going to go in for Brooklyn. Clanking, double rimming in and out. It was just, it was brutal from that standpoint. And again, in a game like this on the back-to-back where you go, well, if the threes fall early, you know, we can really make a problem here for Denver. And it was like, okay, never mind. Never mind. Nothing's going down. Like, pack it in. This is going to be a really long night. Yeah, I joked during the game that they missed they missed all their shots to the rim, but at least they missed all their threes too. You know, like they they just consistency they matters, simply, Doug. Consistency matters. <laughs> they just could. It was it was really crazy, and I, it was funny too because uh, it really kind of happened to Denver as well. Denver missed a ton of easy shots. Also, it wasn't just it wasn't just the Nets. Yeah, that was a group uh, effort there in the second quarter for a while. That exactly. There there was one stretch. It had to be like a two and a half minute stretch where. I can't remember who scored, but I remember when they scored. I thought to myself, I, it was, I, I, I took Game a breath out. He finally got to the rim. Yeah, and it was like, it. oh, somebody did it. <laughs> Someone did it. Someone finally did it because it was just bunny miss, pull up miss, right? Three point miss, things rimming out, things sitting on the rim. I counted in all, and this is, I counted 18 shots of the Nets missed in the restricted area. 18. I, that's impossible. Impossible without trying. I mean, that's like what would happen if you and I stood out there with Jokic and we were in the restricted area and just, and he blocked everything. And it would just be this sea of missed shots on the shot chart and 18s in the restricted area. There's a few that are right outside. I mean, we're getting to the twenties early. If we're just going to call it shots easily. I mean, if we're just going to talk about shots around the rim, they just couldn't make a single thing. Couldn't make the hard ones. Couldn't make the easy ones. There is a, there is a world where I think if you run this sim out 10,000 times, the Nets aren't winning it, but there's versions of this game, a lot, but there's versions of this game that actually do look a lot closer, at least in the end, Mm -hmm. had some of these easier shots gone down. Because it wasn't like they had bad looks. They just really couldn't. And then once once it gets away, once you let go of the rope, it's like fully over. But the there's a version of this where their shot selection – 
does convert at even somewhat close to a normal rate. And I think we're talking about a much closer game. So I think, I mean, if you're not going to hang your hat on that, but I mean, man, I'm with you. It was brutal to watch because it really just felt like at one point nothing was going to go in. No, I mean, the starters combined five of 19 from beyond the arc. And I mean, like, and even that, like that, that's so, um, that's not indicative of how rough those looks were. Like Cameron Johnson goes two of seven, two of six from Mikhail Bridges. Uh, one for four for Spencer Dinwiddie. Thomas actually goes uh, 0 for 2, doesn't take a lot of shots. Nick Claxton, by the way, after a brilliant knockdown in the Phoenix game, doesn't even bother attempting a three. I just feel like there's some type of disconnect there when it comes to the coaching staff. But just, yeah, to your point, it it, it didn't feel like it was going to go their way. And oddly enough, this was made mention on the broadcast because I, I sometimes switch in between the local feed versus, you know, Nets coverage. And they were saying it's like when you go look at it, Denver has had one of the more brutal starts to the season in terms of scheduling. They've had six back-to-backs to start their year. They've had Jamal Murray in and out of the line dealing with his ankles. And so, you know, you come in, there's no looking at the record and going, oh, maybe Denver's not as good this year. But it is a team that is now probably starting to get healthy, starting to get into the easier portion of the schedule. You get a home game here, right? So I, I think there's something about like trying to kick off the next run for this team as well. That the third, and by the way, in the third quarter, when you're the Brooklyn Nets and you go, well, listen, and I, that, I have a problem. I believe in this team irrationally at times. I was like, listen, missing all your shots, Joker's a real issue. Can't get anything going, but you don't count this team out down 13 at halftime. You wait to see. Oh, sorry. They lost the third quarter by 10 points. I apologize. You know, it just, and that was it. Like the first five minutes of the third quarter too, you were like, okay, you're not, you're not going to get there on this. And at that point we end up getting, <laughs> we start getting looks at some of the, at some of the bench players and deep cut guys because it's not going to get home. Was there anything just before we move on to maybe some of these bench players and, and, and what this road trip looks like continuing forward on the West coast for the Nets? Was there anything functionally that Jock Vaughn did in this game differently, which I know he did a number of things that you think hurt them in terms of trying something different in this scenario. Yeah. I mean, there were clearly things that were a bit different here. I can't, it's hard to tell if it was a function of sort of the schedule or trying something new. I mean, they clearly switched up the rotations earlier this time in a way that doesn't, you know, hadn't really happened as much. I mean, Dinwiddie was a very early sub out along with Claxton at I believe the five like five minutes in five minutes into the first quarter or something like that. It was really really early. And actually funny too because Dinwiddie picked up two fouls and I was you know how hard I tilt when guys get taken out because of foul trouble. But yeah. I I was like why are they taking him out with two fouls? Like he's never gonna foul out. The guy averaged like one point seven fouls a game. He's just not he's not a candidate to foul out. But then people rightfully pointed out that it, Watford had already been set to check in. That's totally different. Like Watford coming in and checking in that early in the game. Again that could have been a this is a Jokic thing. Let's get length in there early. Let's deal, you know, let's get a big guy, a big rangy guy in there that can deal with Jokic early and we'll get Dinwiddie out. And, you know, Watford is sort of like a secondary ball handler and Cam Thomas can kind of pick up some more of the, the like that's a clear difference in what they had done. Now, again, I can't tell if that was Jokic and schedule specific or something that they want to try moving forward. I, I tend to think it's the former, but it's, I, I, I will say, I'll give the ball credit on this one. He's been there's been a willingness to try different things here, I think, in a good way. We saw it with Phoenix. I think this was another case of it. And I I think that's a good thing with the kind of guys that they have. So I thought I saw those as differences in terms of the X's and O's. Like I mentioned it before, in terms of like how they were like sort of felt like they had to pick your poison with Jokic. Yeah. I'm not sure that's correct. You can probably make a case to have a different starting lineup against him. Like maybe not start Dinwiddie or Thomas and start Watford or start mm. DFS. Or guys like yeah. this and bring like extra length. I, I think there's a I think there's a for sure case for that. 
Yeah, it's interesting because so I, they did say that Jock Vaughn mentioned coming into mile high and the altitude that he's going to try to run a little bit shorter, ro- sh- shorter minute runs, right? Get guys out a little yeah. bit quicker, shrink what their their stretches would normally be on the court. So that's where you can see a Watford coming in a little bit sooner. But that's also a switch up in the hierarchy of who's coming in. You throw on top of that that we Dorian Finney-Smith, who was dealing with knee soreness coming into the game, is questionable. Then they say he's going to be available. But when you go back and look at the box score now, again, skewed based on it being a blowout but he only gets in there for 16 minutes didn't see Royce O'Neal at nearly as much as we have in recent games and just if you go by his plus minus there's a good reason for that but to your point I I wonder if it's like these are hard ones because you very rarely say well whatever your best five players are those are the best five players you want to start games and you want them to play the most minutes and you, you know you take your chances with it but because the Brooklyn Nets don't have the clear-cut superstar elite players sometimes you say well Jokic is a really long guy and our best version of our lineup is pretty small. So maybe we do just to your point. It's like, maybe we kind of swing for the fences here on a back-to-back, right? Let's, let's try to win on confusion to a certain extent of giving them a look that they just haven't seen before. I probably would have been fine with it. I think we also would have absolutely dumpstered the idea if they went out there and got, you know, destroyed in the first five minutes of the game, you'd go, yeah, what is Jokic thinking? You're putting in Trenton Watford. You're not starting Cam Thomas or whatever the case may be. Right. It's really hard, the optics around moves like that. I mean, yeah. unless you're really struggling, right? Like, it's really hard to come off of a win against Phoenix and then change something, right? Like, so, <laughs> right, and I, right. because the optics on it are weird, it's, it, 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 it could signal something else. It, it, it tells the wrong story to the players. I, I think what I actually do think one very, un, one thing that folks will consistently underrate is the ego management and i don't even mean ego in a bad way here every player if these these guys all have massive egos it's the only it's one of the main reasons they got to the nba it's a it's a compliment right so um you have to like believe in yourself to a ridiculous level to make it to this level um so i'm this is not a pejorative i do think people underrate how much that plays into some of these decisions the locker room management piece of it where consistency starters who's a starter who isn't right and so, and and by the way, we're only talking about a few guys because, like, obviously, Mikhail's going to start. Like, Claxton's probably going to start, right? So, like, it's yeah. already we're already only talking about a few dudes here. And I I do think that people underrate, maybe us too, underrate the the what ha- the conversations that and the attitudes that have to happen later off the court when major changes are made. And I think that's the case against it. But I, I before though, if there's if there's a team you're going to make a big change for, this would be the one. They're just a totally different, unique problem that that's presented to you. Coming up here in a second, we'll talk about the guys that came in and played a few more minutes. I have a little bit of a tidbit on a trend in Watford and thinking maybe this could be indicative of things to come and also reminding the closeout to this West Coast trip and what Brooklyn needs to accomplish to make it a success. We'll get to that in just one second. All right, before we get to that, we're going to tell you about our good friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks Daily Fantasy made so easy. That's because they took all the most fun parts of Daily Fantasy, removed the difficult parts, and just gave you a product that you'll want to get into every single day. With basketball, all you're doing on Prize Picks, you're going more or less on the Prize Picks projections. They put up the numbers, you decide more or less on points, more or less rebounds, assists, blocks, steals. You put uh, two to five of those players together, you can win up to 25 times your money. Like I said, you're not wrestling with salaries. You're not going against sharks in the water. Not even worried so much about injuries. They have a reboot policy. So if one of your players gets injured, um, you're not going to, you get that, you're going to get that thing rebooted. It's the only daily fantasy platform with injury insurance policy. Look, they made this for the fans. They want you to make it be easy. They want it to be fun. Price picks to just solve all this stuff. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on MBA. Use the code locked on MBA. 
for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA. Code LockedOnNBA. First deposit match up to $100. PrizePix is daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, so as we tie a bow on the 124-101, one, uh, I almost said 121. Eh, why not? We can have revisionist history. Let's say it was closer in our minds. 101, Brooklyn Nets, they fall to the Denver Nuggets. One last thing I'll note here, just in this game, is you say, maybe you want to bring in a little bit more length. You want to use some trend in Watford. Um, and because of the altitude, you also got Jalen Wilson in this game way sooner than you ever probably yeah. normally would as well. Like so, and, and it's good, by the way. Like The other part of this, I'll just briefly say is, when you feel like on a back-to-back and coming off a big win and the altitude and everything else, the scheduled loss, right, as we said at the top, it's okay to kind of lean into some other guys sooner and just give them a little bit of a taste because the one thing that you're not getting specifically, say, with Jalen Wilson is he's coming in for pure garbage time. He's not coming in for, quote, you know, real NBA minutes. Well, he got some of those. Now, they were they were rough for not only him sometimes individually, but just rough for the team overall, but it's good. So I think Jock Vaughn gets value out of that just make sure that he gives these guys a little bit of a taste. Giles plays a lot of minutes late in this one as well. But on Trendon Watford, I just I really hope that we're getting to the place here where a guy like him is starting to chip into the I should have a role. It should not be, well, because of this particular matchup, maybe we want to use me a little bit more here. Or because of the back-to-back, I'm going to get in there early because we're running shorter rotation minutes. Like, I just prefer that he starts to chip away and really carve out a role for himself. Not, not because I like young players and I think he can develop well, because he has the skill set that the Nets lack yeah. oftentimes inside of these two units. Ball handling, little perimeter shooting, some length. He certainly has some defensive aggressiveness to him, even if it's not always perfect. So do you agree that like Watford, out of all these guys, Watford is the one that has probably gotten himself as close as possible to saying, well, you should just be a part of the nightly game plan, even to whatever small extent. Yeah, I mean, he's the closest proxy for Ben Simmons on the roster, right? So if you yep. came into the se- se- uh, season thinking, you know, Simmons was going to be a big part of sort of what how you were going to function as an offense and thinking that you needed his particular set of skills to handle a bunch of different sort of like assignments. Watford is clearly the closest guy that they have to that right now. He's different than Simmons. So I'm not really comparing them in all in every way, but in terms of like length, he's got ball handling ability. He can run DHO actions. He's pretty feisty on defense. He can guard a, a number of different guys. I mean, he can actually, unlike Simmons, he can actually shoot some. And yeah. so that like, that's a little bit of a difference. Obviously doesn't have like the athleticism or, overall vision that Simmons has. So there's a give and take here, but just in terms, you know, six, eight, two he's a big dude with a long wingspan. I'm with you. And I actually think that this tonight sort of mentioning that early, how early he came in on that first rotation is a sign that it's like, this is a real thing, right? right this is fans. not just, we were yeah, I don't think this is just, sorry, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah. I don't think it's, just, I don't think we're in just the, Oh, this is a nice spot for him. I, I think the rotation minutes, you know, especially with these other guys, you know, DSJ not being able to come off the bench, Lonnie Walker not being able to come off the bench for a scoring spark, going with just him as a sort of a different guy that can mix and match. Because one of his, like, sort of mini superpowers is that he can kind of play with everyone the Nets have, right? right. Like, he can play the four, so you can play, pair him with Claxton. He can play a, a kind of small ball five if you really need him to in a pinch. So, and once you can do those two things, you can literally play with everyone on the roster. And so I think... We're probably going to end up seeing more of him. I'm totally with you that he deserves it. And I don't think the last night's game was a mistake. I think it was, oh, we tr- we're starting to really, really trust this guy. 
Yeah, and that's a good sign. I mean, we say no matter what's going to happen here over the short term, the long term, the trade deadline, anything else, you just got to start to tap into something else. Because by the way, you also need to uncover something additionally here because, you know, Royce O'Neal isn't always going to be your hot hand sharpshooter. You know, I think there's some shelf life to what he's been able to be from a consistency standpoint. And then defensively, it's like we've seen some of the, whether it's age, whether it's just functional, as you mentioned about Watford being able to play with different players, right? Rotation-wise and being able to kind of be a little more flexible there. Watford seems like a good guy to get that opportunity. The other thing we'll close out on here is that this is the West Coast trip. And if you told us coming in that the Nets were one and two after playing the Kings and playing the Suns and playing the Nuggets, we'd say, yeah, that sounds about right. I think we say that's even a sounds little about, bit Sounds about they, great. Well, <laughs> and they beat the Suns, right? Like beating the Suns. Because you could have yeah. made, like, not, and I'm not even... I'm not speaking ill of the Kings. They're, they're, they're a very good team, right? But when you don't have a Kevin Durant or, or a Nikola, Nikola Jokic, you go, yeah, we could beat this team. And that's dismissive of the Kings. But being one and two and getting a win against the full strength the first time of the big three Suns is great. Now, though, when you're going to close this thing out, next up with the Golden State Warriors and then one more game to go, it, it kind of becomes, at least for me, I do look at it and say, gosh, I got to tell you, Based on the schedule, based on these teams, based on what this team has done so far, the Brooklyn Nets, when you play Golden State in Utah, any other other years, I might have said it differently. This year, I'm saying, oh, maybe you should go three and two on this West Coast trip and beat both of these teams at the door. Not because they're easy, but because you have been good enough to take these teams on. Like you have been good enough and shown you're capable of beating them and because they're going to get time off here before they play golden state on saturday they won't play utah until monday and then they come home for that three game homestand starting with the knicks yeah uh we're not going to do a game preview for this golden state game just because of the timing of sort of how it's going up i will say they're catching golden state at a really interesting time because um you know they just last night so we're recording this uh friday morning last night golden state switched up their starting lineup obviously draymond green's been suspended indefinitely who knows when he's going to come back they actually moved uh andrew wiggins to the bench and they moved uh well they had sarge starting and then they moved him back and then they did not start chris paul went back they started brandon pajemski and uh jonathan kaminga against the clippers now they lost and harden just completely lit them up but they are warriors are clearly at a um having some something of like an existential and basketball crisis right now yeah <laughs> and so there's you never root for thing bad things to happen to teams and that's just but right now if, if you think you're catching the warriors at a good time I mean, how can you catch them at a better time like they have no idea if they're coming or going like they don't yeah. know who's starting they, they the guys that they've relied on like wiggins are just kind of dumpstered right like everyone looks off they just had to suspend this guy because he can't stop punching and choking people, right? It's like it's just they're they're kind of a, a total mess. One of their guys kind of lost the kind of lost the grip on NBA basketball reality a little bit here. Totally, I mean, totally, totally. Either ten and fourteen, we're really close to circling the drain territory, and which is a shame because like you don't want to see this. He just came out the other day that they had offered Clay an extension in the offseason. He declined it, and then he's totally sucked. <laughs> so like it's 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 like unclear what's going to happen there. I mean, there's a lot, this team has a lot of problems. And so this is all to say, one, I'm actually really interested in what this line will be because it's yeah. hard to have tons of faith in Golden State at this point. And there's, it's still Steph, right? It's still Clay. These guys can absolutely light you up from time to time. Point of attack defense is a Nets problem. This is the one a team that that's, if you have a, a point of attack defense problem, like this is the worst matchup. <laughs> so it's, yeah. there are problems, but Catching Golden State when they're at sort of reaching their nadir, I, I think that uh, clearly that's looks like what's happening here. 
And you would love that one of the themes of this season for the Nets, right? You're a deep team. You're, you're now, by the way, it's something we haven't really mentioned because it's just an obvious thing when the lineup, when the lines come out, the Nets have gone with the same starting lineup for now five, six games. Like, you know, took a long time to get here and that's due to injuries and everything else. But this is the starting lineup we're going with. Maybe it's a little bit more Trenton Wofford lumped in there, but we know it's been Dorian Finney-Smith and we're not going to see any uh, Lonnie Walker on this trip. Jock Vaughn said that. Probably not going to see any Dennis Smith Jr. Like, so you know the guys you're not going to have. You know the guys you've had. They've all been contributors, right? So this feels like one of those ones, at least for this first game. But uh, ironically, out of the two, I know I know what the Utah's up to, but out of the two, I'm like, oh, you should definitely be the Warriors right now. These guys are all over the place. And... They still have a lot of the commiserate pieces. Uh, gotta be the ja- to they've got to be the Jazz, too. Uh, like yeah, I know. I know. I know. Are... You and I never would have said this. We, we said coming in, two and three would have been a successful road trip for this team. But once you get that first win there inside of that first three set, which was the more difficult of the of the halves of this uh, trip, so to speak, now you look at these two and you start licking your chops. And you're like, yeah, three and two West Coast trip. Like, this is a real success moment for this season that's already been going so well for the Nets. Like, you got to get Real quick. Things. Real quick before we get out of here, but uh, that that starting unit that you mentioned that they've kept on the Dinwiddie, Cam, Mikhail, uh, CJ, and Claxton group has played sixty four minutes. You want to take a guess at what their net rating is? Plus, oh well, now this is a bad game though here against the Nuggets. Uh, I'll still say plus, plus, plus five net rating. You're off by seventeen and not in a good way. Minus twelve and a half. Yeah. Um, because because so- the, yeah, but this, this the Denver game totally dumpstered it right. Uh, Phoenix. I mean, they, 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 there's been oh, other, there's been other right. issues yeah. too. Yeah. Um, anyway, I, again, I, I'm, I'm to switch it up, Jock. Uh, no, I'm mostly joking. It's been, they, they, they've run, it's gotten run out against some, some rough teams. So I, I've just, but I, I just, sometimes you want to check it on these things like, Hey, what's working? What isn't? Okay. We were going to, are going to get out of here. Yeah. If there's some kind of like amazing, crazy thing that happens with the Warriors game, uh, there's a, there's a good chance we'll come live after that game. We'll kind of play that one by ear, see how it goes. Um, hate to do that to you out there. Cause I know you want to consistency with that. And during the week, that's the, that's the goal. Uh, sometimes on the weekends though, it's going to be like, it's gotta, it's gotta move the needle a little Is bit, that probably. Juice to, to, worth the squeeze, Doug? So, so keep an eye, keep it a follow on Twitter. Uh, you know, yeah. at Adam Arbrecht, at Doug Nori. We'll put announcements out there, or just subscribe to Locked On Nets uh, over on YouTube and set those alerts so you get an alert and you'll know when we're going live. Uh, what am I saying here? Oh yeah, subscribe over to Locked On Nets on YouTube. There we go. <laughs> Time is what we want most, but what we use worst, Doug, and that's William Penn. Oh. R.I.P. One of the all-time great poets. We'll be back again, <laughs> hopefully on Saturday, but maybe next week talking more Brooklyn Nets basketball. Every day.